Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, a show where myself, Dan Selkier, WinnersComing.net, and Mia Johnson of DorksOutOfTheForce.com talk about all things sci-fi, fans, movies, TV. But today, it's all about Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones assorted programming because there was a lot of news, and we have to talk about it. For the occasion, I have brought on uh, Game of Thrones, Westeros, Astro Song of Ice and Fire expert and wick luminary and writer Corey Smith. Uh, Mia, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you all? I'm well. And Corey, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Not so bad. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for being here, Corey. So I just want to want to get right into it because there were some major unexpected announcements that came last week. Um, in the live. Oh, hey Jen. Hey Kurt. Hey everybody. Let's see what we can uh, talk about. All right. So, last week, HBO and... Well, actually, no. HBO didn't announce. We learned that HBO was kind of on the edge of making, which basically I'm taking as they're going to make these things, um, a couple more Game of Thrones shows. We've known for a while they're making House of the Dragon, which is a uh, kind of Game of Thrones prequel show set during the Dance of the Dragons, a Tarkarian Civil War, where there's dragons in the sky and they all fight each other and all that stuff. Okay. For a while, I assumed that was going to be the only thing we got, because... HBO had more or less said, that's the only thing we're going to do, at least for now. And George R. R. Martin had said, some was Firewriter, that we're not going to do, like, Robert's Rebellion. We're not going to do Dunkin' Egg. And last week, what did we learn? They're considering making Robert's Rebellion, and they've been talking to a writer about it, and they're making Dunkin' Egg. So many questions came into my head, but I guess we'll just start with the obvious ones. Corey, let's start with you, because I, I'm curious to hear your opinion about because, you know, you, you know this stuff really, really well. And Mia, you, you're more of a you've watched Game of Thrones, but haven't read any of the supplementary material. What did you think when you heard they're going to make a Dunkin' Egg show, going to make a Rebellion show? Are you excited? Are you terrified? Somewhere in between? What was your reaction, Corey Smith? What? Um, I, I, it's a little bit of a mixture of surprise and not surprised. Um, I think... A lot of people, especially anybody who kind of knows the Dunkin' Egg stories, always kind of pointed to those as a as a real easy follow up to Game of Thrones. So perfect. They're very episodic. They're they're much smaller in scale um, than Game of Thrones. It has to do with a mm-hmm. hedge knight and a secret Targaryen prince that kind of travel around Westeros and and get into various adventures. And it's very, it, it would be a, a much different feel than than the grand themes of, of Very Game much. So we all kind of assumed that would be an easy one for them to do, but it sounded originally like Martin was the one who put the kibosh on it. Um, yeah. Like everything else, he is still writing um, that mm-hmm. series. And I think that he wanted to, I mean, in fact, I, he, that's what he told Ryan Condal, who is running House of the Dragon. He had told ryan that you know he wanted to wait 
until those those were finished. So, it, you know, like I said, it, it's not necessarily surprising that HBO wants to make it, but it is a little not bit surprising that they're going forward with it over Martin's objections. I think it's surprising too, and I have a theory about why. But okay, Mia. Ooh. So really quick. So Duncan Egg, the reason everyone thought it would be adapted as like the first thing is because it's these three novellas Martin wrote like over the period of like 10 years. There's supposedly seven more coming, but you know, with Martin, you can never tell whether he's going to finish it or not. They're, they're, it was like Corey said, they're small scale. They're about basically a knight and his uh, squire wandering around Westeros, having adventures like it, it works very well for like it like they feel like TV episodes. They're like, mm-hmm. here's an adventure here. Here's an adventure here. There's no dragons. There's no magic. It's like 90 years before the main show. It's just people wandering around, you know, meeting people and helping people and say people get into fights and scraps and adventures. Um, it's lighter way. I mean, there's still like death because it's Game of Thrones, but it's way <laughs> lighter than anything on Game of Thrones. Um, how does that like strike you just hearing it? Does that sound like something that might be worth watching? It's yeah, basically it's- like if, if if I'm sorry, I have one more comment. Go ahead. It's basically like if if Brienne of Tarth and Podrick Payne, like when they were just wandering around, like had their own show <laughs> is more or right. less what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It sounds really accessible to a lot of kind of like casual listeners like me. Um, and again, I think the whole appeal about Game of Thrones is that we get this medieval setting, but you you get these really well-rounded out characters. And, you know, part mm-hmm. of that is really due to Martin's uh, writing. Um, and that does sound interesting, though, the kind of one-off adventures. And I think, and I know we'll talk about like, you know, copycatting the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that stuff. But it it, to me kind of feels like, okay, if we can create this one, you know, Game of Thrones world that we know from the original series as a hub, if the fans are interested enough, they may be interested in these different kind of smaller stories, such as about, you know, some guy, (laughs) you know, going around in these little adventures. So, yeah, that's kind of my theory is that now that we're invested in the series, we might also be invested in the spinoff adventures. It's just kind of, hey, what have, you know, what's going on over here? What's going on over there? And, and and all that. As Kurt says, Duncan Egg sounds like the old Hercules show, which, okay, uh, I can hear that. You know, you know it's it, it, like there's a little show <laughs> called The Mandalorian. It sounds exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a guy wandering around with, I mean, you know, the Targaryen prince doesn't have force powers and probably isn't <laughs> as cute as Baby Yoda. But, I mean, it's essentially almost, I mean, it's as close as Game of Thrones comes to The Mandalorian. Yeah. And I think that that show's success over the past two seasons, um, past two years, is probably what ended up prompting it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that HBO saw that people were kind of interested in the smaller stories of the saga, not just the big grand grandiose. Yeah. Like, like House of the Dragon mm-hmm. is going to feel is gigantic it's got dragon yeah, on huge. dragon it's got you know a civil war and all that stuff going on but this would incest be- and love and lust and all that good stuff exactly all the stuff that we kind of know from the original game of thrones whereas duncan egg would feel a lot like the mandalorian where he's in a different lo- location every couple episodes and he's meeting you know he meets powerful people like you know like how luke comes in at the end of- sorry spoiler alert um Luke comes in at the end of Mando. It's the same thing on Duncan Egg. They do have Blood Raven shows up, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, they do have run-ins with characters that we would know, um, but they aren't 
they aren't central to the story like they are they would be on some of the other game of thrones shows so i think that was probably a pretty big factor in this decision Mm. wouldn't be surprised okay I want to talk Robert's Rebellion, and then I have a theory. I mean, I, I, th- I think that makes sense. The Mandalorian kind of inspired them. I, I, I have my own sort of a grand unified theory of corporate greed and why this is happening. But first... Oh, um, well, yeah, yeah. Right. that always plays in, though. That's like, un- <laughs> yeah. uh, that's like understood. Oh, definitely. But we'll get to that. So, Duncan Egg, I'm excited to see it. Like, I, I, I like that it would be a different tone. Because like you said, House of the Dragon is pretty much... What's the most Game of Thronesy Game of Thrones follow-up we could do, like with the same sort of overtones? And I mean, frankly, it's even more pessimistic and more, uh, like kind of kind of more hopeless and just brutal than Game of Thrones was. But Duncan Egg is is the is as happy as Game of Thrones show gets. Like it does not get any lighter than that. Right. Now, what about uh? Robert's Rebellion. So this is the other show, and I mean, I should say that. We're not a hundred percent sure. Like these are going to be shows, movies, whatever. They're working. They're going to make them. They're talking to Bruno Heller, who was the guy who did Rome on HBO, which is kind of like a proto Game of Thrones show in itself, like a big historical epic that ran for a couple of seasons to run this one. Robert's Rebellion is, you know, the story of how Daenerys's dad, Arius Targaryen, got booted off the throne. How Ned's how young Ned Stark combined with young Robert Baratheon combined with middle-aged John Aaron and <laughs> teamed up to overthrow the king. And we heard a lot about this in the original show. Like we had flashbacks to this. To um, you know, Ned Stark at the Tower Joint right there. We had Rhaegar and Lyanna getting married, which is uh their Jon Snow's parents. So like technically Daenerys and Jon Snow could be in this show as like three month olds. Like that's how recent this is. Okay, me, I'll go with you first. So, like, they told this story on Game of Thrones. Would this be something you wanted to watch? Like, the story of how the old, fat Robert Baratheon king got on the throne, who's there at the start. He Uh marries Cersei. Like, there are characters, like Tywin Lannister would be like a young, like the younger versions of them would be on this show. Yeah. And it would be the story of, like, you know, how they overthrew Daenerys' dad and chased them across the narrow sea, basically. <laughs> no, Who yeah, was crazy? I think, the Mad King. Yeah. Again, I think it's one of those stories that I feel like I'm warming up to the idea more and more. Again, kind of like how Corey said with the Mandalorian or stuff like WandaVision. It's like you kind of can see in some way when you have a good backstory to tell, you know, it might be fun to see that story a little bit more rounded out, see it play out fully. And again, the cameos, right? I would die to see a young, I think a young Jon Snow and a young Daenerys. <laughs> I would well, really, like, really love that. Literally, like the they would be Muppets. like three month old. <laughs> no, yeah. that would delight me still, but no, I get it. Um, it's like young Elena Tyrell. That could be cool. Like when she's just like in her fifties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I personally cannot recall, you know, the amount of stuff that they've done in the series uh, to kind of tell this story. But again, There's a lot. I, I don't have anything against it thus far, unless you guys have any other opinions. Because right now, I'm kind of like, ah, I'll take it. Why not? What about you, Corey? Because, I mean, um, the, the reason that George R. R. Martin said he didn't want to do this one, which is, of course, <laughs> who they're doing, is because he thinks that by the end of his book series, he'll have basically given you all the information you need about this event. So it's like, mm. why bother? Um, what do you think? Do you think that holds any water? Or are you excited to see it? Yeah, 
No, I mean, I, I hate to make another Star Wars uh, comparison, but this would go be, crazy. Yeah, it would be a little bit like the the prequel trilogy. Yeah, um, you know, we we had heard a lot about those events, but didn't act necessarily know every detail. Um, I will say, I think Martin, between his books and the show, he's revealed a lot more. He he is pretty close to revealing most of the details. Um, you know, I mean, we get recounts of all kinds of battles and, you know, the Battle of the Bells and things like that, where there's just there's a lot of detail in the books um, and on the show. So, I mean, I'd be open for it. I just don't know how much runway you would have with it. I, I mean, I would think at most you could squeeze out maybe two seasons mm -hmm. you know just because there's not a lot of i mean you'd have the build-up to the actual rebellion and then the rebellion would go on and i just don't know it wouldn't have like an eight season run there's not enough oh no going on there so <laughs> i mean i'd be up for it i mean there's definitely some epic events that would be fun to see on on the screen sure. and there's you know there's battles and and betrayals and all that stuff so it'd be fun to see i just again <laughs> i don't know how much runway there would be with it it'd be kind of a short-lived almost like a mini series on you know like a 10 episode uh mini series type thing so i think christian literally said robert's rebellion shouldn't be more than a one season show and i agree yeah. i mean yeah. i will say they're getting bruno heller to do it rome did last for two seasons maybe that's like their idea i mean i'm afraid that they want all of these to be like eight season game of thrones style epics which is i mean they can't possibly, because they're not all that big. Like, all of these shows are smaller. I mean, like, if, if I was going through with this, and I was like, we're gonna have these Game of Thrones shows, I would almost feel like, what if you just, like, did them in sequence? Because, like, House of the Dragon, you can get, like, four seasons out of that. That's not, like, a giant, huge story either. Probably less, like, three. Like, Dunkin' Egg could go on for as long as they can invent stuff. Robert's Rebellion's like a four, like a one to two season kind of thing. Maybe you could have, like, the House of the Dragon show run for four seasons, Duncan Egg run for three, and then the Robert's Rebellion, and then you'll have a complete set if you just like go in his <laughs> chronological order. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure what they're thinking. Um, here's some comments here, some good stuff. As Jen says, does he a cocky little Viserys? Oh, like, yeah, like little Danny's older jackass brother when he was like yeah, four. Like, I think like, what, seven or eight or something <laughs> like that during the Rebellion. Just, just old enough to barely remember what was going on. Like, but old enough to dislike him because i bet right. he was a dickish kid he'd have a personality um, already, yeah <laughs> like <laughs> he's one of those like little kids who just can't stand who like runs around screaming and like th like thwapping people with stuff and being really annoying <laughs> screaming in the back of cars that kind of thing the joffrey version two <laughs> yeah. <Or> version one <laughs> <laughs> yes version one as kurt says i would appreciate seeing ned stark in his prime him the Greyjoys, and other characters that didn't really have enough time to shine the original series and uh yeah, so there's appreciation for seeing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I would see it too. I always think it would work better as like a movie because, like, you're right. It was it's it's short, and um, I just hope they're not like I think trying to retrofit a Game of Thrones size show onto every event they adapt because some of them don't support it. Like, I think like like two or three Robert's Rebellion TV movies would be really good. Yeah, or or like I said, just one season, you know, like one ten episode mm -hmm. or you know eight or nine episodes, something like series. that. Would work. I think they could also, <clears throat> you know, they could go sort of the route that um, like True Detective is gone, and you know they Ooh, could do these, yeah. these, these these sort of like anthologies where you know 
yeah, like Robert's Rebellion would be one season. They could do Duncan Egg one season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there, there's a couple other eras in in Martin's history because his his history is extensive that he's oh yeah do and and alluded at different events. So I, I feel like <clears throat> they could really mine that. <clears throat> excuse me, but they'd have to do it sparingly and not just have these huge epics that they're fleshing out for no reason. And the the reason that I'm afraid they would try it anyway. Okay, I'm now going to get into my corporate conspiracy bit. Um, so when they first pitched HBO, uh, Game of Thrones spinoffs, like there were five of them. Like one was that prehistory Blood Moon thing didn't end up going forward. There was a Valyrian one that didn't end up going forward. Um, I mean, then there was House of the Dragon that did go forward. I think there were at least two others that we don't really know what they were. Maybe they were these two. But it, it seemed to me that they had settled on just doing the one. And they didn't want to tick off George R. R. Martin. Who, by the way, I just want to say, has not said a single thing about any of this. Wow. Or about House of the Dragon for a while. I think he's ticked. That's my opinion. Remember, this is the same company that ticked off, like, the director of Dune... And the director of all those other company yeah. of all those other movies by saying we're going to release all these movies mm-hmm. uh, on HBO Max this year. I think AT and T came in and said, "You're only making one Game of Thrones spinoff? Are you kidding? Do you see what Disney's doing with Marvel and Star Wars? We have to get on this. Where's Star Wars yeah. Rebellion? Where's Duncan Egg? Where's the other yeah. stuff? And there may be others, by the way. These are like the two shows that were reported to actually be kind of in talks about. Like they also said they're considering more." So, okay, I guess the question here is, why is this happening now? Like, what is their goal? And um, how hard do they want to be Disney? The floor is open. I mean, who doesn't want to be Disney? I mean, they've got... People with integrity. I mean, I guess so. But, (laughs) you know, I I think that, that, you know, the the landscape has changed so radically just in the past couple years. I mean... Two years ago, I mean, think about it. All we had was Netflix and and Hulu, right? It's amazing I mean, to think. Yeah. So now we got you know HBO Max, you got Disney Plus, you got Paramount Plus, whatever it's called today. I mean, you've got yeah. all these things are are going on, and so it's. It, back. I think it it changed, and so I absolutely hundred percent think they've ticked off Martin. I mm. I, I think, think that that's yeah. I mean, that the man is not silent when. Um, something pisses him off and so i think in this case he totally they they totally have but i think they've got you know they have the rights to this world and so oh, yeah they can choose at any time to to you know develop the other projects i think initially they wanted to like keep him happy but i think at the end of the day push came to shove and the bosses that have taken over like you said at and taken over they don't have a relationship with Martin, right? You know, to them, it's just a property that's being that's not being developed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, corporations are in business to make money, so I think that's it's some degree of that. You know, some somewhere in that area is is what happened. On the day they the, this news leaked, Martin wrote about his Wild Cards book series, which to. to <laughs> to me, is, like, passive-aggressively acting out, almost. <laughs> Mia, yeah, he, uh, even, he, he just edits that series. He's not even really yeah. writing for that series. Mm. So that's not even really his 
you know, sort of <laughs> thing per se. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah, I think they they definitely ticked him off because um, you know, circling back when Ryan Condal p- pitched House of the Dragon, he initially pitched Duncan Eck. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his first his first idea to do, but eight but in H he said HBO was that's the one they wanted. But yeah, Martin put the kibosh on it and said no. So I think clearly they've looked at what's going on. They've looked at the success that these other streamers are having and they're falling behind every single day. And I think that's where they're at. So Mia, how about you? What do you make of um the kind of meta narrative going on here as yeah. HBO competes with Disney, competes with Netflix, and where Game of Thrones kind of fits into that. Yeah, I'm sort of I'm in agreement with both of you two. I think right now HBO Max, HBO, whatever entity you want to call them, wants to be a part of the conversation. Warner Media, AT and T. There are yeah, a lot of names over in there. Clearly, as of you know when they launched last year up to now, they're not. They're still not really a part of the conversation. Like. You know, um, mm-hmm. AFI just came out with their awards for like best TV shows. Mandalorian was on there, which is like, wow, <laughs> like best TV shows of yeah, 2020, stuff like Bridgerton from Netflix and basically everything Netflix, everything Disney um, and even sometimes Apple TV Plus gets in there. But, you know, they're still not a part of this conversation where people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm tweeting about such and such on HBO Max. Or I can't wait to see what happens next week in the show. So, you know, it's probably like I'm I'm sure they were poking George R. R. Martin with a stick for a while. But like (laughs) like you said, it ultimately comes down to if they have the rights, then they have the right to make that executive decision to make the call and say we like we need to get in this now before, you know, we all crumble over because they've you know, I, I feel like the gap between, you know, when season eight finale aired and now is like way too long <laughs> in TV terms for them to just be like sitting around and they've got nothing, you know, in, in the vault. Uh, so I think they, it's like, okay, we need to get this done now because even if we approve of it, then we've got to go get it writing and we've got to get the set and we've got to act and then we've got to edit. So it's a long, mm-hmm. long process. And unfortunately they're behind at this moment. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that they are kind of the one plain catch up, like from the start, like, you know, the price is too high and it came out too late yeah. and the name is dumb and everything. <laughs> I still I still hate the name HBO Max. I don't think it makes any sense. Um, as Kurt says, they can't be Disney, but let's be real. Game of Thrones is their cash cow. Martin wishes the work to be respected, but HBO is about the coin, which I mean, every company is. But OK. Here's where I'm like, I don't know, like the last samurai who wants to hold on to the old ways or something. <laughs> yeah. Because there was a time um, not too long three ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. Three years ago before I bought them. We're like, yeah, okay, yeah. so HBO was always known for being the company that kind of took bold risks. And, mm. you know, like House of the Dragon is their very first ever spinoff. Like that they weren't really part of the kind of corporate games you would roll your eyes at with other companies. They had their own stuff. I mean, they got by by having more um, naked body parts than other people could have. And that's how they made their salacious money. But they, 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 had, they had a reputation for kind of making just really, really good content and not bringing it down too much. Although I know there were contradictions in there because they had like tax cut conventions and all this sort of like really salacious kind of naked crap. 
But, and you know, now that they were bought by this giant entity, first Warner Media, then AT&T put Warner Media, it just, it disappoints me a little to see them playing the game to begin with. Like, it, I, I don't love seeing them chase the success that Disney has had, which they are clearly doing. And I understand why, I understand why it's inevitable, but th- th- there is a part of me that wishes like, oh, why don't you take the high road HBO and... You know, just make the one thing and prove that you don't need 18,000 shows on the air at once. You just make it really good and you'll be a capture the attention of the world again. Um, how unbearably naive is that? On a scale of unbearably naive to catastrophically universally naive. I mean, I, in a, in a, I agree with you in principle and I would like to see at least somebody try the the quality over quantity approach um <laughs> you know, because netflix can you know one of their big accusations is they kind of just throw everything against the wall and see yep, what fits. and a lot of their shows you know they get one or two seasons and then if they don't have the the ratings they get dropped you know mid story or mid plot so mm-hmm. i i would in theory but i just i wonder and I think they could get away with it more in an analog world where people are watching cable. But when you have an entire company's catalog in front of you at your fingertips, you need to have a big catalog. And you can't get away with one or two premiere shows per year, mm-hmm. right? Which is what they were doing <laughs> before. Be they had, you know, they'd have their big show and they'd have other shows that were popular and that were good you know like veep was running at the same time as game of thrones or they big little you know, lies and like euphoria like they've had right. hits even since game of thrones that aren't game right. of thrones but if you don't have i mean the, you just got to have massive amounts of content i think is is the issue and when hbo max came out it's like you you know we talk we joke about how you on netflix you can sit there and you know you're looking for something for an hour yeah. you can go through the whole hbo max you know, library in 10, 15 minutes. I mean, there's just not a lot there. So yeah, I think true. that's part of the problem is they, they started an exclusive streaming service without a huge amount of content and Disney gets away with it because they have the, the kid factor, the yeah. nostalgia factor, you know, and, and they have a, a fairly large catalog and they add to it through acquisitions. Uh, and Netflix know, like, has uh, just the mountain of so right. much quantity. <laughs> you can just sit there for weekends on time. Exactly. So I think that's probably what's forcing their hand is just they don't have, you know, they can't sit back and rely on the one or two shows that people can binge in a couple weeks. And then they don't have, and then they don't come back to the, to the service because there's not any new product coming out. So. Yeah, yeah. It's to me, it's will like, you die on the hill with me and be the last samurai <laughs> with me um you know for my own sake i would i yeah i really would love if they would just scale back and give us the opportunity to just kind of breathe and catch up on some other stuff and but it is it, it is it's like they ha- they do have to stay ahead keep ahead in the mm-hmm. game and it feels like they have no option because otherwise you know there's so much noise and they're being you know kind of drowned out by everyone else so it's oh. kind of like the only analogy i can think of is you know having stuff that can float to the surface that's right you know right at the top of your feed right because yeah veep is awesome um sopranos is awesome but it's old you know you they are making a sopranos it. prequel by the way that was in that trailer <laughs> okay. that okay yeah yeah, yeah. 
But again, yeah, you you have to have that like the new stuff be fresh. It has to be talked about. You know, we're always talking about oh, Mandalorian, um, WandaVision, and all these things because it's fresh, it's new. We want to know what happens. And so all the old stuff, no one is reporting on it. That's not kind of in circulation and in conversation anymore because it's old. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's like they've cornered themselves and they could try to be like the martyr or, you know, try to be the one person to be, you know, the last person standing on this hill of we're going to stay true <laughs> no. to our word. And But I they, they might get trampled <laughs> if they yeah. stand on that hill. I think they're going to get trampled. Samurai's died out. Look. I yeah. know that my view is uh, unrealistic and apocalyptic even. I, 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 I just can't help feeling it. I think Lamont has some really good comments here. Uh, they need more than one show in production because the other course, what they did with Blood Moon, they put all their eggs in one basket on a single unproven project and it got canceled for still mysterious reasons. I'd love to hear more about that. And uh, he says, Corey is making a lot of good points by HBO Max. That's you. Um, they didn't launch with proven hits. They scrambled to launch a streamer because the old guard under Plepler, Richard Plepler, former CEO, didn't even want a streaming service, which is wild to think about. Uh, they couldn't launch with a flagship show like Disney did with The Mandalorian. They had to scramble to put out what they had in hand and charge $15 for it, more than either <laughs> yeah. the other ones. <laughs> the nerve. There have been a lot of decisions with that place that have been like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I think I just had the right of it. I mean, I... I I know you guys have the right of it. I'm just fighting with my own um, emotional instincts. <laughs> and I am excited to watch them. I'll be very curious to see what they do. I mean, this also kind of ties into, like, before we move on to our, kind of our last little bit, um, you know, the the, the news about um, the Harry Potter show they're making. Or may maybe making. I'm not really sure if it, it was, like, kind of vague. Um, yeah. That's, like, an obvious move that I figured we'd be making for a while. Um, and they finally, they may have pulled the trigger, which is obviously another kind of attempt to get some huge, you know, there are people who will watch that right out of the gate yeah. content on there. Oh, yeah. So apart from all the, um, oh, sorry, Mia, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that was something I had recommended, I think, episodes ago on this show, uh, because I was upset with Fantastic Beasts and the way that that series was going um i think so my recommendation was to do a harry potter show so i would <laughs> i definitely would love to see that and i think hmm would that be stronger than any of their game of thrones stuff that has me thinking i mean harry potter is theme park they have all those other oh, things so it would draw people in most yeah. definitely so yeah it does it makes me curious why that also wasn't kind of like on the the top of their slate of you know to do to do stuff yeah to do. me too that is curious um it, it might not be real so we'll see what happens all right so beyond any of the heady talk of the meta narrative here and the politics um anybody have any casting ideas for who you'd like to see in a duncan egg show or Rob's rebellion show i have one. Oh man i didn't even think about that um you know dunk is is uh sir duncan is is extremely tall mm -hmm. and very very fit in the show um like, i mean we have to make allowances right like we're, we're, you're not gonna find a great like six foot eight actor or whatever you might just like <laughs> you know like brienne in the show is taller and bigger but like they it's great because he still worked perfectly well we should also point out that sir duncan is supposedly one of uh 
Brienne's ancestors. Right. Um, so that explains her kind of abnormal height as, as far as the show goes. So, man, I don't know. You would have to also have somebody. Also, look right over the You couldn't get away, though, with like Kit Harrington or someone. You'd have, no. you, I know you couldn't nail like a six foot eight guy, but you would have to have somebody that's physically imposing um, to play him. I mean, because he's just such a big guy and that's kind of a lot of his stories played into how big and strong he ends up being and lends himself to being such a good knight down the road so, and also like a little dumb i like that about him he's like a yeah, little thick yeah he's not the brightest he's not the brightest uh or like crafty or you know he he's always out of out of his depth when he's kind of thrust into the to the game of thrones you know universe so mm. man but I good don't know. hearted mia is Chris Evans, uh, not Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, is he too A-list? <laughs> he would be probably, but he's who you'd w- Physically, he would fit the role because he's yeah. a, he's a, a big, strong looking guy and he's he wouldn't be, you know, he would definitely be imposing and take up the screen, which was what Sir Duncan hmm. always does in the books. So as Christian says, uh, Josh Hartnett, which I could see. I actually liked him. Tom Volk was saying um, Tom Hopper. From a black sales and who played Sam's brother, yeah, uh, Dickon. That's right. I think that's good. He's got like a big blockhead and like a really big frame. Yeah, like yeah, I, actually, plays, uh, plays Luther on. Um, he plays Luther on uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, Umbrella yeah. Academy. I like that idea. I, I actually, I think that would fit pretty well. Like big, tall, like kind of traditionally masculine sort of looking, and yeah, like right. could probably play a little dumb, and then. The smart one is his child squire, yeah, mm-hmm. who helps him with all the uh, the 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 thinking problems. Right. For Robert's Rebellion, I've thought for a long time that a young Tywin Lannister could be played by Benedict Cumberbatch and do a really good job. <laughs> just like you know, like just like the intense stare and just kind of the the unyielding um, yeah. presence with like the voice that brooks no argument. And the eyes that bored into you. I, th- I mean, he put two A-list too, but I think that would actually be pretty good. If it's just a movie, I would say go mm-hmm. for it. Otherwise, I'm yeah. not sure who. They can get the Ned Stark guy from the show, maybe. Yeah, it would depend on if it's going to be a movie or a like a season-long you know, event. But even, I mean, circling back to like True Detective, I mean, they had McConaughey yeah. and Harrelson in that. So, I mean, even if you did a one-season or thing, Lee, yeah. you could probably get mm. some pretty big guy, you know, pretty big names on the show. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so that's where we are with that. Um, any other cons with any of this? These shows, fears, hopes, um, piercing insights into the gaping maw that is um, our corporate system or uh, payons to it? I think I'll just say, I mean, if they do somehow manage, I, I'm willing to give hbo more slack than yep. maybe other streamers would do because for now i, I am talking, yeah yeah and i know we're talking about them turning into a mass production streamer like the others but i still think that there's enough of their you know quality you know their pledge to quality or whatever you want to call it um in their dna that if they do decide to do multiple shows however they you know do it I, I'd be willing to give them enough rope where I would assume they're going to be good. 
Oh, yeah. I'll give them for the doubt. Let me ask you this, too. Are there any other shows you might think they could adapt? Like, any other eras? Any other stories? I mean... Longer for going whole hog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You know, like the, the Blood Moon one, you know, oh, I think that, that one was... I don't. I never really agreed with that one because that one seems so radically different. Nothing would have been familiar at all to any of us, um, and so it just seemed, you know, too different in a sense. Um, it seemed like an big, odd choice, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to see personally. I think Dance of the Dragons and you know House of the Dragon will be great. I I do. I would love to see Aegon's Conquest. I think That'd be that. Fun, yeah that area would have been cool because we get to see all areas of Westeros and we get to see them kind of first moving into the, to the continent and things like that. So I would be down for that one. That would be another one of my, you know, on my wish list. Cool. And, uh, in the comments. Yeah. We got Alexander Skarsgård for dunk and uh, Tom Hopper from Nick, which I agree with all about the Tom Hopper and Christian loves your input, Corey. Well, thanks. It's <laughs> in the spotlight. Stop it. Um, Mia, any other uh, final thoughts from you? Hmm. Um, no, I feel like, and I don't mean to rush HBO because, you know, if you rush, things get kind of sloppy and you don't know how they're going to turn out. But mm-hmm. I do feel like the heat is on and I do feel like they got to get yeah. a leg up at some point because, to be honest, we don't need, you know, we've got so many other options that we, we don't need HBO Max. We have, we're seeing other people. <laughs> so it's like, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they better hurry up and impress us. Yeah, HBO Max. Um, we, we have other phone calls we can answer. So yeah. best get on it. But also somehow do it really fast, but also do it incredibly well. Easy. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, no. Well, no thanks, pressure. guys. Um, and thanks, Corey, for coming on. Um, I knew that we needed uh, uh, someone who really knew Game of Thrones mm-hmm. for this one. And uh, feel free to come on whenever you want. Just just like say, but you want to come on, you can come on for anything. Um, uh, everyone who watched, thanks for watching. Everyone who listened, thanks for listening. We are available on in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. We are here live on the Winner's Queen Facebook page every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hope to see you next week for more discussion of topics great and small, fantastical and otherwise, TV and movies, fantasy and sci-fi. What will happen next week? We'll find out in a week. I'm not a psychic. Uh, Thanks for watching and see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.